Hello and welcome to the Comedy Best Kept Secret Tour Podcast. I'm here with no go my sweat to me. I'm saying all these things right. I'm trying my best to figure out how to pronounce everything in South Africa. I can't say certain, I can't say easy things like biltong. I can't say biltong correctly. Yeah, but although the T, you can say biltong. Like yeah, tongue. yeah but it just sounds better when you say it. Biltong. Biltong. <laughs> It sounds like, you know, it's hard for you to chew Bill. It I is, yeah. Well, that's what ours is. So Bill, so Bill Thong. Bill, yay. Bill Thong is, uh, <laughs> is basically like delicious beef jerky, and it's pretty specific to uh, South Africa. It's like, it's part of the culture. Um, like it's, a, it's on every sort of corner spot, and it's delicious. Well, thank you for, for coming on and doing this, and thank you for having me in, where are we? Tell everybody where we're at. Marupa Casino. We're Marupa Casino mm-hmm. in the Limpopo province yes. of in South Polokwane. Africa in Polokwane. Polokwane. Um, and last night's show was fun. It was a really fun show. Yeah, it was. But, you know, at first I was worried because it looks like the attendance was going to be... Yeah. But uh, by the time we started, people were, were getting in and... By the end of the show, we had a really full house. Yeah, you, you and you really had them going. It, it was interesting because there was that moment when we first walked in where I think there was only like five, f- five or six people. <laughs> yeah. And then we were kind of, we just kind of like went off to the side, ordered a drink, ordered some food. And then right before we started the show, I looked over and for some reason there was like 30 or 40 people in there. Mm-hmm. It like happened so fast. Um, and, it, and we started like, what, like an hour late. Mm. And somehow people were still arriving. I think it's because, like, people here know that comedy starts really late. Yeah. Remember I was telling you yesterday morning when I when you wanted to be at the Houghton Station by yeah. one o'clock. And I yeah. was like, no. Well, here's the thing. We know we never met. Yep, we never met. And so I didn't know. Well, I didn't know anything. We had just communicated on, on, Facebook uh, on WhatsApp. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... I I just started to get worried because I didn't know, I didn't have any information I didn't ask enough questions probably but yesterday you thought maybe I was pranking you no but no but 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 I but I know I I to to be in another country to not have all of the tools that you need to not have really a phone and all these sorts of things it's like very stressful I'm sure it is to have to figure out okay okay now I got to get to Pretoria station and so we changed the details a couple times and I was freaking out. Um, but you said it, we, we were like an hour into the car ride and you were like, artists are weird people, man. You know what? We, we are <laughs> weird. We are brave. We are stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, we could have raped you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> 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 and that would be a fun, you know, that'd be a fun story to tell people. It's like, listen, South Africa was cool. Like the first four days. And then they were like, we're doing this gig. And they just took me to nowhere and they, raped and they took all of my clothes. One by one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So I knew. But so as soon as so you go, artists are weird people. And I knew exactly what you were saying. Because if I told my family, if I told my friends that weren't comedians that I just agreed to this thing with no information, mm-hmm. uh, no familiarity, that I'm just getting in a car with people and driving five hours, mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Yeah, don't do that." You don't know these people. You don't know them. Don't. You don't know where you are going. You have no idea what you're doing. You, where's the show? I have no idea. Mom, just leave me alone. It's going to be fine. Who are you going with? <laughs> I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you trust them? 
I don't know. I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no reason to trust or not trust these people. But it worked out. It did. It was great. And, so. and so far, everything that you guys stand for, um, I, I was for because we, you know, we we did uh, we had to make a couple changes when we got here, and and all the and all the things that you guys changed to make the show and the arrangements and the situation better, I totally was on board for. So, uh, you guys are class A in my book all the way. Thank you so much. Because sometimes you do you work with performers and and they get there, and I'm somebody who who will get there and I'll like I'll like ask the venue to move chairs and tables, and then sometimes you work with other comedians and they're like. It's fine. We'll figure it out. But the, you know, people will be sitting like way in the back. But no, mm. uh, Jazz got on. He's like, guys, you got to move forward, or we're not going to start the show. Mm. So everything you guys did was great. Thank you. So, so thank no, thank you for having me on this thing. Um, so I, I'm trying to think what's the next what's the next question I ask you because it seems like everywhere we go, mm-hmm. people know who you are. Me. You. Really. Yes. So I'm famous. You, I think so. <laughs> I think so, but I don't have enough information because uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in my little bubble. You know, okay. whether it's my American bubble or it's my comedy, whatever it is. But you have, you've, ha- you've told several stories where uh, you're just somewhere and people know who you are, and that, and that, and that gave you an advantage. Yes, you know, <laughs> like um, I have this sister. She's uh, three years younger than me, and she also wears spectacles. And people say we look at identical, but I don't think so. So this one time, she almost got a traffic fine, a ticket. But those police officers thought she was moving. And so they were like, no, 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 it's fine. Mm. That's and great. And this one time, she jumped the queue. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> just said, oh, you, come, come to the front. <laughs> because they thought she's me. Yeah. Wait, so I like that... that that you're well, so that's the level of fame where other people that look like you are now getting the benefits. But are you getting the same benefits? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I would like to believe that if I was in the situation, I would have gotten the same benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think they can just decide that. Oh, she looks like Nugu. Let's give her, you know, a free voucher. Yeah. But no, we're not gonna give her. We don't give Nugu. We give somebody who looks like him. Yeah, we only give it. <laughs> 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 I like that. That's funny. So what else? So this, I mean, it seems like you have the the whole of of South Africa kind of figured out comedy wise, and there's a lot of great comedy happening here. I mean, even even on this trip, people that I've met have have like basically become famous. We just saw the, this guy that got the show this morning. Mm. Uh, so it's like this is like a really ripe and beautiful time to be doing comedy in South Africa. It is. And, like, while you're in it, like, do you feel that as an insider? No. You know, like, I don't feel, I don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously don't feel anything. Maybe because I'm not rich yet. Yeah. I think I'm going to start feeling like I'm a famous comedian once I start making Once they money. actually give you the money for it, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for me, fame without money is nothing. Yeah. It is interesting because... Uh, Comedy is one of the only things where you can be super recognizable, and this is worldwide, and still people will think everything's great and still kind of nothing's happening, like mm-hmm. money-wise. And, and, and That's why people get surprised when they say um, a comedian has committed suicide. Oh, yeah, no. And then all comedians are like, yeah, mm. we understand. We know. <laughs> 
he tried that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I think, and then the, this this came up in a different conversation, uh, some uh, somewhere on the podcast, uh, so just for the listeners. The, there's this, there is this thing where, as a comedian, uh, there's no better feeling than mm-hmm. being on stage. Yes. There's nothing that will ever compare to getting those laughs. So then, whenever you're not on stage. It's just, it, it's an abyss. You think of getting on stage. Right. And so when you don't, so then as soon as you get off stage, some people find that like, they're like, well, there's nothing that's as high as being on stage. So I got to find it. So they try heroin. They, you know, they get involved in all these other things, trying to chase heroin. what it is to be on stage. How do you afford drugs when you're on <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, that's what I find. And, and even on a level that nobody knows who I am, but... E- there is a level that when you have a good show, people in the crowd want to give you drugs. Really? <laughs> yeah. Drugs? They want to give you in not heroin. I mean, not ha- nobody's ever offered. Maybe I have been offered heroin, but not specifically heroin. But to understand this you idea. Say, oh my God, you're so funny. Here's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, really? for sure. People. Ha- oh, and then especially for me because people think it was you funny because because Jazz was making fun of me last night was because I was talking too fast. And I'm an outsider, and I have, you know, so I, I speak differently. And he was just like, but this guy's crazy. You do look like a junkie. <laughs> <laughs> so I do. I have been accused of, of doing cocaine multiple times, which I don't. This is me normal. And when you're all high? Well, I don't. I've never, I've never done cocaine. So I, it's like, you don't, you don't, you don't look at me and then go, you should give that guy more drugs. <laughs> that's what I love about comedians is that we'll just they go no 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 because I was doing a thing with Jason Goliath and I was talking about how I like I don't I don't find it uh, appropriate to like have sex with the audience and then Jason what? was like no he has sex with all of the audiences it's great I'm sorry like you but who do you have sex with no it's a se- it's a separate topic yeah but I, I do you uh, wait so wait if we don't have sex with the audience who are we supposed to have sex with <laughs> the animals. <laughs> well, no, I I like to make it a rule that that uh, that if they saw me on stage, it's not fair if they saw me on stage because they're they're creating this connection that I'm not a part of, right? Oh, so in their mind, they're think now comedians will use this, the going on stage part as as, as a as a finisher, right? Fishing rod. But you meet somebody first, hopefully somewhere else in the world, and then you bring them to the show, and then they go, oh, this guy's good at something. Oh, yes. And but then you have the sex. What talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but if they were in the... you have the sex at the end, whether you, you still have to have the sex. or after, yeah, performing st- in the audience, the bottom line is the sex shall be you had. S- you still have to have the sex, yeah. <laughs> no, but the, but initially, it's like, if because uh, I've seen it, and then when comedians get good, it's like, it's 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 an easy thing. You can just take s- pluck someone from the audience, and, you know, but I just think it's... um. I think it's cheating. It's bullying. I think it's cheating. It's cheating and it's bullying. Because people, when you're on stage, people cannot see the real you. Right. They think you are this person who's always making people happy. Yeah, yeah. Who's always making people laugh. Yeah. Until they see that you get angry. Yeah. And when you're on stage, everyone seems to think that you are this perfect human being. Yeah. You are rich. You are kind you are powerful yeah you know you can go to a very rich man and make a joke and uh, yeah and and, and, and equalize everything exactly so they think oh wow she's a superhuman being yeah until they get your flat and you didn't make the bed <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're just like, oh like hey God. hang on a second i gotta just hang on mm. yeah that's fun that's funny so you are in 
uh, Pretoria. Yes. Which I haven't spent a, a lot of time. I, I've been mostly in Joburg. But this is my hometown. This is? Yes, I'm from Limpopo. You're from Limpopo. My village, I'm, I'm from a village. Yeah. It's 45 minutes drive. From okay, me. which one? We passed it. No, we didn't pass it's it. It's the other way. It's the it's other way. further north. Okay. So yes. then, from that experience, it, it's tough. So it's like the scene already is small, pretty small in South Africa. There's, there's, I don't know, people have been telling me there's probably 100 comedians who are making a full-time living as comedians in South Africa. And there's people that are doing other stuff and, and doing other jobs. But it seems like there is this this ability to, to intermingle with everyone from the top to the bottom in South Africa, which in New York, you don't, you don't get that. So like a guy who's on TV in New York and that people know is not coming to the same open mic as the guy who started yesterday. Really? Yeah. So you guys have this, this, this interesting ability to, to do these things. So I guess the question that, I, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm leaning towards is how if you if you're from a village where there's probably not a lot of comedy shows how do you see comedy uh decide that that's what you want to do and then and then uh, devote your life to it cuz even even where I come from if you come if you live in Syracuse which is a relatively big city it's just hard to even start in comedy because there's no opportunities so Th- there's not even a single comedian yeah i'm i'm i think i'm the only comedian in my village yeah. there's this boy who is trying out, but, but he, but it's because he saw you. I think so. Yeah, but uh, basically, where I come from, being a comedian is like, are you a clown? A clown. Well, I'll tell you Can't what. Can't you do something better with your life? No, no, no. That's that's everywhere. I live in New York City twelve years, and people still say that to like people when in I my family. A real job. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> it's time. You're gonna. You know. You're gonna. You're in your mid thirties. It's time now. You know what I mean? It's like that's mm. that's everywhere. That's how like comedians you, are viewed everywhere. You played enough. Can't you just right. sit down and get a job? Yeah. Like it was like like it was like your slutty years in college. They're like, look, it's fine. Look, you banged everybody in college. Now you have to settle down. <sighs> and that's what they. That's how they view comedy everywhere. But for me, I think I was lucky enough that my parents were able to afford good schools for me yeah so i went to boarding schools my whole life yeah so that's when i got to meet different people from different places yeah. and i got to interact with people on uh, now when i look back especially my primary school days i'm starting to see that's when i started comedy yeah because we're in boarding school and at night we'd get bored and i would just tell stories yeah and things like that but it's something that I wouldn't have done if I hadn't gone to a boarding school. Right. I wouldn't have done that at home. Yeah, and because and it just opens your whole experience. Me, my first experience where it it kind of clicked that it was like more than just a local thing because I, I I felt funny in in high school and whatnot. But you go to college and you meet people from everywhere, and then you realize that whatever this thing is mm. works for everyone, mm-hmm. and then it becomes more more tangible, more more realistic. Um, so that's interesting, and because yeah, it's people, I, I start to get this thing now because people try to figure out. People don't understand comedians, so people try to ask you, they're like, "How long have you been a comedian?" And you give them the answer, but you're like, "My whole life." Yes. Since uh, I was so a child. Sometimes I just use my first paycheck. Yeah. Then I say, "Okay, I started in right. 20, 2014, no, twenty fifteen. So the yeah, the first time I got paid, but yeah, yeah but it's been a, it's been forever. I've been, a my whole life. I've been doing comedy for free for so many for years. A long time. <laughs> Since I was born. <laughs> Do you know how much money those people should have paid for those shows? Do you know how much money I'm owed right now? 
<laughs> so funny. Mm. So, so then I guess once you decided that you wanted comedy, your first move then was what to Pretoria, to Joburg, to Cape Town. What did you? What's the what's the route? You know what happened, man. I after matric, I went to varsity, and I worked at a, at the campus radio station. Yeah, and so where was university? In Pretoria. Okay. So Shangulu, in the township. Yep. Yeah. So I was working there. As a presenter at the radio station, and this is what you call it. We call it a DJ. You're on the you're on the air. Yes. Okay. DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Talking blah, 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 <laughs> celebrity blah, blah, shit like that. And then one day, this friend of mine who was also a DJ, yeah, interviewed a comedian, and he told me that the comedian gave him a free DVD. Oh wow. Yes, and then. The DVD was in a language he couldn't understand. Oh, wow. It was in my language. And he gave me to watch. And then I watched it. And some of the acts, I was feeling like, you know what? I can do much better than Yeah, this. interesting. I can do so much better than this. So and that's why we're not mentioning who the comedian is. Cause <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> so then uh, this one time, a friend of mine bought me tickets. A, a ticket, I mean, to a comedy show. Yeah, and you had never been. No, never. And so what, you're, you're what, 20 years old at this point? No, I was uh, 26. 26? You'd never been to a comedy show? Never. I, I didn't know there was stand-up comedy until I saw that DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be a comedian when I was growing up, but I wanted to act in a sitcom. Yeah. So I didn't know that it's There was this it's other thing. To yeah. Do your own joke. Yeah. I thought you can just be on TV and be a clown. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, it's just a clown. Yeah, because you know some of the sitcoms are not funny and people are Yeah, well weird. because because our role, a comedian's role on a sitcom is to just stick your head in, go blah 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 and then go back out and you get to laugh and then he's gone again. He's not even like a serious character in the show. He just comes in, does a little motion, a little dance and then leaves. You know, I'm 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 dreaming of a comedy world on tv yeah where especially in my county i don't know about your sitcoms but i i think judging from what we used to watch when we were growing up like martin and raven that's so raven that's so raven that's so funny the, 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 yes. and that's a 20-year gap between those mm. two shows that's funny they they were funny they were hilarious yeah Even if i watch them now they're still funny i'm not trying to look down on what my people are trying to do in terms of sitcoms but i just feel maybe as time goes yeah because you know this comedy thing is still very new to us yeah you know so maybe as time goes we can have sitcoms where people are not characterized to be funny yeah based on how they are yeah like you cannot have a comedy scene that's supposed to be funny whereby this ugly woman is in a beauty contest right <laughs> that sounds like uh, what's funny is that sounds like an amazing episode but so that's so that's the thing we're talking no, about it's like I'm it's like that's what that's what sitcoms were in the 80s and, and and 90s and in the u.s and so what happens is uh it's still kind of that format. And so s people have moved away from wanting to watch sitcoms for that reason is because it's it is it's a silly 
uh, uh, stereotypical, and they have to strip it down to this one thing. Uh -uh. So it's like this character only says these nine things, but that's like that's what the genre that's the genre that was invented in sitcoms. But can't we have me? You know, I, I, I'm I'm just sick of comedy scenes or something that's supposed to be funny whereby they take a woman my size and try to make her run a marathon. Right. And that's funny. <laughs> Can't you have me being a CEO of a company? Right, right, right. Yeah. And not a maid. Right. Or not somebody who's going to try compete in a, in a marathon or, <laughs> or a swimming costume right. parade. But Can't we have intelligent? I, I'm, I'm trying to think if we can have intelligent sitcoms. Yeah, I don't, uh, and the thing is, I think the limitation of a sitcom makes it so that, that you can't. Like, even just you saying that reminds me of, like, I Love Lucy. Lucille Ball, that was one of our biggest shows in, I don't even know when it was, probably the, the 40s or 50s, and the, 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 the dynamic of the show was her husband would go and work, and then she would get into all of these things. She was just a silly woman, and she would get into all the silly women stuff where, you know, so she would, she'd have to work one episode, and they got her stomping on grapes, you know, and all this ridiculous stuff. So I just think the format of sitcom I is limiting, and there's, there's, no other, there's no other way to take it. So you just, it's better to just have a show that's funny that's not a sitcom, because otherwise it's this then thing. Then that's where we come in as yeah. stand-up comedians. Yeah. But then, in a way, I sometimes worry. Okay, let me just say, if somebody, if a young person comes to me and says, I want to be a comedian, can you please advise me? Yeah. The first thing I say to them, with my little experience and knowledge that I have of comedy, is that be as real as possible. Yeah. Yet funny. Yeah. Don't try to act funny. Right. You can't wear yellow socks and orange yeah. trousers. We say this, when, when there's guys like this that do this thing, we say that that's like, uh, you're putting on like a, like a costume. Exactly. Don't be a clown. Yeah. Don't be a clown. Be a comedian. People who go to comedy shows are CEOs. They are educators. Yeah. They, some are varsity students. Yeah. So you cannot go there and be grade one funny on them. And, and, and what I find over the years is the comedians that, 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 even if they they take like a very th a very thin line on on what their approach is and what and what they believe, the couple people in the crowd that believe what they believe, they're they're touched and they're moved by that conversation. So then they're, they're talking to them after the show and they're like, I totally believe in what you were saying. Thank you. And so it's like you want to. It's like even if you find a sliver of humanity, mm -hmm. it's the relatability that matters. The relatability. That's I'll the say whole thing. Irrelatability. People <laughs> need to relate. Well, universal truth is what is is what all comedians are striving for. Is that, and that's no. why I'm here. Was was I wanted to find out if what I'm talking about in, in the U.S. is the same thing is funny you. everywhere, and is it real? Is it exactly. really happening in the world? And uh, so you cannot come here and tell us about chickens crossing roads. We are not about that. Life. Right, right. People are dying out there. Yeah, and you are telling us about chickens <laughs> right. roads. Right, Save right. Save a life. Yeah. And yeah, and and you know the it really is that especially now, especially the the week that I'm here, that they're writing up comedians in my country that we think are the best comedians on earth, and they're telling them that they can't say certain things. This is the perfect time for comedy to be 
uh, important worldwide. And to say that we absolutely can say those things because they're true. And it, we, it's our job. It's our obligation. It's like a part of us. You know, I have the joke that I started with. It's just that I was doing the comedy in my home language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it's interesting because obviously I don't speak your home language. But I watching. The but watching. Yeah, I heard the circumcision. But, but watching the, like, the structure of what you're doing and the beats of it, it was very interesting for me. Uh, and and you can tell even even if you don't speak your language, you can tell that you're very skilled, and 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 people and people when you were on stage were like moving closer and closer because they were they were hanging on every word. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, where I come from, as I said, is a village. Yeah. So there are certain topics that are taboo. You can't talk about. Yeah. You cannot talk about circumcision as a woman. Interesting. Yes. But then my argument is the studs, according to the studs from Department of Health, yeah, they say cervical cancer is caused amongst other things by sleeping with a man who's not cervical. Really? Cancer. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, there's even an advert on TV that says that. So if I'm the one with a cervix, yeah, you are the one who's not circumcised. Yeah. And I'm the one who gets the cancer. We need to have this discussion. Oh, exactly. We need yeah. to talk about these yeah. things. <laughs> Do you know how many women die in a year due to cervical cancer? Right. And then I must not say anything about it. Right. I must just act like, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I'm the one with the vagina here. Yeah. So you're the one who comes with your happy socks. Happy socks. So then, <laughs> at first when I started making the joke, people were like, so like ah, you can't say that. Yeah. But then I just went. Go right through that. Yeah. Punch to the wall. W- this one time, a married man. He was wearing a, a, a wedding ring. He came to me after the show, and said, "You know what? After what you said tonight about circumcision, I feel ashamed of myself." Wow. And I said that was not my intention. Yeah. He said, "Tomorrow." No. Yes, I'm going to. I'm gonna go go in. Wow. Did you get a follow-up? Do you know if he went? I don't know, but I believed him. (laughs) (laughs) He sent you a little piece of mail, and in the the envelope was the... I actually wanted him to send me a picture to prove that. Wow. (laughs) 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 That's an interesting one. Most women don't don't want an unsolicited dick pic, but this would be a fun one. We're like, look, you got to prove that you did this, that you did this situation. Mm. Yeah, that's, you know, that's... And I think that's, that's what... That's what comedy's always been about is 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 finding the line mm-hmm. and then just starting to tiptoe past it. Mm-hmm. And as far as they'll let us go, you keep going. And you just keep and as it's like you just add a little sprinkle of sugar yeah. on it. Yeah. To make it sweet. Yeah. But you know that inside it's a bitter pill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and and that's I mean, every society throughout this entire earth all the time whenever there's people together there's always been someone trying to tell us what we can and cannot say and comedy's job is to go we can say that or if you can say it i'll say it for you right sure yeah Mm. yeah so i mean i really think that that's what this that that's what this scene is is about and and the idea that because comedy's only 24 25 years old uh it, it's it's the first like real freedom where you can just 
you just you know it's almost like it's the equivalent of just like tearing off your shirt and yelling you know what i mean like that's what that's what comedy is and that's that's why as an art form it's so important is because it's the first time we can say all the things that we've been feeling for so long and haven't been able mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. um which is why everybody here is so so fanatical about comedy. Like, the, I haven't met a lazy comedian in South Africa. Everybody is. But there are lazy comedians. I'm sure there are, but but <laughs> but but there. Everyone has that that underlying appreciation and love for comedy mm. that I share, and and it's uh, it's really it's just great to see. And then. The other thing is the thing that I found out as an American comedian, we just we take everything for granted. So we just kind of play the Americans scene. But uh, I came here thinking that this was just like one chunk of the, of the world and, and that it's like it's this enclosed thing. But the comedians that I meet here, they play. I mean, the, the, to play here is then to play Canada, then mm-hmm. to play, I guess, uh, uh, Amsterdam, Copenhagen, like all of these other places. Just so it's like my tiny little view of what I thought coming here would be. And I'm like, okay, well, now I have this little pinpoint, America, South Africa, and then I go do them. No, like, this, you guys are, are a world circuit, and it's uh, it's super impressive. We are world class. <laughs> well, that's true, too. Um, so what else? We, we have, to, we have to, to, to start hustling back to Pretoria. Yeah. Uh, you have a show tonight. I don't have a show tonight. But I think I'm gonna go to a comedy show. Yeah, just just watch. be in this in the in the circuit. Mm. Um, what? Uh, how can everyone follow you? What do you have? Like, what are your? I don't know. Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. No, well, tell them. Tell them what what your handle is. What's your? Hello. <laughs> uh, it's at symbol. At noko n o k o underscore m o s t. That's my Twitter. And Instagram at Nogumost, Nogo underscore M O S T Nogumost. And we have uh, we had some we have some fun photos and some fun videos from this trip that I that I put up. I have to send them to you. The ones that Please went do. out. <laughs> Please do. We had we had a fun little time, and it really is. It is I don't know. I don't know why. Comedy uh, is a universal language, but then comedian is a separate universal language, right? Like. Like we got in the car with with Jazz Buddha and it just everything just clicked like just so fast. Mm. We just we know what the goal is. We know that we're gonna go. We're gonna travel massive distances. Like well, comedians will travel. I mean, I traveled. You know, what is this? Eight thousand miles just because I know that when I land, there's a show there. Mm. And we did it yesterday. We got in the car. I got in the car with strangers. Drove, drove here. It was funny because and this is what this is what I love and this is what this is when I found out how how great he was, uh, uh, Jazz Buddha. And you guys need to follow him as well. I'm gonna try to get him on an episode of this. But um, I went up and I did the stuff, whatever. And the whole time we were in the car, I was asking him, I was asking him dumb American questions. You know, I was like, so like, you know, I was like, a uh, Springbok, that's your deer. Like, this is how we handle it. This is the same way. And it's just these little things because sometimes it's different. And um, so he goes on stage after I get off stage, and 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 the parody that he made of of that car trip with me and him just interacting and asking all these. Terribly dumb American questions. <laughs> oh, w- you taking pictures? Was so of wild. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, African yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, wait, stop the car and take the picture. It was, I mean, it was so, it was fantastic. And he's, he's super funny, and it's just, and just that thing. And as, and as comedians, we don't. Uh, I don't know. We were somebody. I was talking about this with somebody else about how Jerry Seinfeld, uh, when he's on his show, comedians in cars getting coffee. When a comedian says something that isn't true, 
that's like about him that he understands is funny. We just agree. Mm. So it's like, you know, he's making fun of me uh, and, and I'm sitting in the crowd. So, the, so all the audience is like turning around and like checking my reaction. Mm. And I'm just like, you know, yeah, it's true <laughs> just for the sake of the joke. <laughs> right. And this show, and it makes it so, truth. and it makes it so much better, and it makes it so much better, and that's what, and and that's what I think. Also, comedians are so much. Uh, we have we have such a, uh, a tougher skin. Nothing like, especially in a world in the U.S. now, where everybody's offended by everything. And Dave Chappelle said it: uh, brittle people are getting brittle, uh, and comedians were the. I mean, you could stab us, and it it doesn't even break our skin. No, it doesn't. Like we don't care. We don't care. Whatever. It doesn't change the price of bananas. <laughs> <So laughs> whatever, man. Yeah. It's like when somebody says some seriously rude things to you and you're like, when am I performing again? When somebody says rude things to you. Oh, and they, oh, and and they say rude things to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in your mind, you're thinking about the next gig. Yeah, like that's all that matters. You don't care. I yeah. I really don't care, but yeah. I know when I tell you yeah. rude things. Ah. Oh, now, yeah, now it, it somehow it matters more, yeah. That's my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Yes. He vowed to hunt me down. And yes, you said this. You said, that you said yesterday that he promised, and I wasn't sure. I was like, I was like, promise, is, 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 is this a good thing or is <laughs> this a bad thing? thing? Yeah. South Africa, to um. promise to beat somebody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad thing everywhere to promise to do that. It's just a weird thing to vow or to promise. That is a weird thing to say. So, um. like, that is the difference between us and them. And I always say that the last thing you want to do is to get in an argument with a comedian. Yeah. If I can make people laugh. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. I can make them cry. Yeah. Well, this is and this is what this is what I find fun. It's that same thing. It's that agreement thing. So I've been in car rides with comedians where I realized we start getting to these arguments, and then I realize like comedians will will argue for argue's sake. Like we'll argue the side we don't even believe in. Mm, if you if you ha if you're on this side and I and I agree with you, that's not fun. Mm. So we just disagree with you to have the argument. Exactly. And we have we have the skill. We can dribble with both hands. Mm. And we're and a lot of comedy is that we even even if even if we believe this thing, if we know the audience believes the other thing, we'll we'll go we'll start heading down the road with them so that we can switch it in the end. Or if they believe this one thing, then we'll go the other way just so we can switch it in the end. It's mm. there's something about us that we look for that. It's because it is it's looking for that little it's looking for that moment of like doubt and then proving them wrong mm. is what comedy is. So yeah, so I appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, check her out, Noco underscore most uh, on all of the things. From what I found is, and it is ch it is a childish form of social media, Snapchat. But we love Snapchat in the U.S. And you guys, really? you guys don't love it here. So it's no, Instagram, it's Facebook, and it's uh, and it's Twitter. It doesn't show a lot of data. I don't know why I love it so much. I just, I really do. Is it not expensive? Snapchat, like Instagram, Instagram. We use it when we are very happy. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's your data. Oh, it definitely it's your data. Yeah, and I well, because we're just handing out data in the U.S. Like it's like it's just it's just really wherever you go, it's data. Yeah, I, there's been times where I'm on this trip and I'm trying to use I'm trying to use my American phone and I'll go to some place and and they give you the free data and it's a free data for eight hours and then I'll be on for fifteen minutes 
and because you find out that it's only 500 meg uh, megabytes mm. and all i did was all i did was open up snapchat so it is very expensive for data yeah because i opened up snapchat and i just like posted three videos and i and i pulled up other people's videos and then the data has gone um i'm gonna try it maybe that's why maybe that's why nobody likes uh uh the, the thing snapchat. is that is very expensive in yeah Africa and we don't get it for free like you guys yeah well, we pay a lot for it, but we've we've decided that that's what our life is. Okay. So I pay a lot of money for my phone, but if I don't have my phone, I don't like everywhere is just like I'm on the map, mm -hmm. I'm on the thing. There's no there's no time. It's not part of what I'm gonna do. I'm like, oh, I gotta eat. Where am I gonna eat? You know, it's <laughs> everything. I do too. I spend, I think maybe around five hundred rands a month on yeah data. Yeah. So f I I spend. I spend what do I spend? I spend three times that. Huh? Yeah. So <laughs> I've got because I've pr I've made it a priority in my life. I, I've decided that that's uh, that's one that's of the most that's one of the most important things. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's not, and that's that's also what's great about coming to a new place and not having that opportunity. So the first five days I didn't have anything, but then part of me felt like I was like I just felt like I was in I was so isolated. I felt so cut off from the world because I didn't I didn't know how to go like 10 miles in any of the directions because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen if I do that. So I stayed in like a one kilometer radius just to be safe. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember because I was, I, I did the first time I went overseas, I went to London. And I didn't have a phone at all the whole trip. You and know, I explored that whole city. It's funny when you say you went overseas. Yeah. You were overseas and you went overseas. Well, I, I am overseas, but then I Even went. Even now you are overseas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so in my mind, I'm thinking overseas is there. So once you're there, you can't go any overseas. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so how can a person overseas go overseas? Like, yeah, that's you're funny. overseas already. Yeah, yeah. Why are you going Well, when overseas? I come back, it's overseas. So we're also overseas. This is overseas right now, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not overseas for you. Ever overseas is a is a relative term. But for term. them, we are yeah. overseas. Like, oh, for sure. This is overseas. Yeah. Okay. Well, overseas is overseas is is. I mean, is use the word. I mean, it's literally whenever you cross a giant ocean is the next. Like even if I go from the U.S., I guess I guess maybe in my head I won't. If I went from the U.S. Uh, California to the U.S. Hawaii, I don't think I'm overseas. But if I go just the next island, which is Japan, then I'm overseas. <laughs> well, we don't use English properly. That's the one thing. That's some. There's someone in my head now that speaks English properly. Yeah, yeah. Someone in, there's someone in my head that speaks English properly because you guys in South Africa speak proper English. So I've been texting people in proper English this whole trip because I it's just in my in my brain now. It it, it sounds better. So I told uh, I told a friend of mine to watch uh, a movie. And normally you just, you just go, watch a movie and tell me what you think. But mm -hmm. instead I said, you must tell me how it was, which is proper English, but not a normal way to speak in the U.S. Uh, we don't care. Even here, we don't care about speaking proper English. Well, here's what I found. Uh, well, you do speak proper English, but also you, you everyone, because there's, there's what, 19 official languages of South Africa? Mm -hmm. So what happens is seamlessly everyone in this country uh speaks english in the same sentence that they're speaking afrikaans in the same sense they're speaking zulu in the same sense that they're speaking your language they just go across the board and they just pick and choose whatever words they want mm. 
and it's just it's like this beautiful dance all day long of multiple languages even like even on stage you go on and it's multiple languages were spoken last night on stage and it's 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 wild and it's beautiful thank you if in america if you even just like use like a french word mm-hmm. that's like a commonplace where you have to now explain you have to you have to stop the show explain it to the crowd oh, it's no but here we have 11 it's beautiful languages and most of the languages sound almost the same yeah so there's not like a lot of difference between the languages and even on tv yeah you get exposed to different languages yeah i was trying to watch uh soweto tv last night mm-hmm. and she started off and she's talking about something and then halfway through she's speaking and i'm just and i was lost and then i hung in there and she's speaking english and it was like yeah so it's easy for us to learn other south african languages yeah so it's almost like the 11 languages crammed together is one language, mm. which yeah. is interesting. Mm. It's a crazy world we live in. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, look, uh, I wanted to thank the, the what is this, uh, the Maropa Casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the name of the casino, the Sun Casino Maropa mm-hmm. here in uh, Polokwani uh, Polo- Polo- mm-hmm. in the... Uh, Limpopo. Limpopo province of South Africa. They they yeah they gave us permission to, to film and do the episode here. They also treated us wonderfully this morning at breakfast last night with the rooms, which are very romantic rooms. I got to stay in a romantic room with Jazz Buddha. There's no there's no door uh, for the re- for the bath for the toilet and there's uh, and the shower was see through and the bo- and the beds were pushed together. So I I got to the room and I don't know Jazz Buddha. So I got to the room and, and I and I pulled the beds apart. Why? Because I, d- I don't know. I trust myself, sure, but I don't know. And I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. But it's also, it's weird. It's, a, it's two twin beds pushed together. Even if it was my girl, I would pull them apart because it's, it's like you're going to fall through the crack, you know? You know like, you're going to feel like it's fine. You roll over, then you're in the crack. But if there's edges of the bed, you know you're not going to fall off. I don't know why that is. But awesome show, awesome, awesome casino. Uh, everything is good. They let me have nine coffees since I've been here, which is my favorite thing. They always, yeah, they always look at me weird when I get when I go back for the second coffee, but part of part of life. Uh, Thank you to Noko for doing this. Follow her, Noko underscore most. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, we're on Google Play, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, a bunch of other apps. Whatever thing you found us on, we're on the other thing as well. Uh, We have some YouTube content from today; it's very fun. Uh, So check that out as well. Uh, we'll have it on the Facebook and all the other things. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to NOCO. Thank you to South Africa and the comedy scene. Guys, seriously, uh, check it out. Check out everything that's going on in South Africa. I think it's some of the best comedy happening in the world. Uh, and it's evidenced by on this trip, people that I've met have become basically famous. Uh, so do your research and check out South Africa. And, and come. It's beautiful. Thank you, NOCO. Thank you, Dan. And thank you for trusting me. <laughs> to, to not murder me. You know. But it's but w- w- there's no more gigs, so you could just do it on the way home. Exactly. <laughs> but the problem is that we already told people that we are Yeah, I posted. So if you disappear, we are going to be... I don't have your level of fame, though. So if I disappear, nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to care. What about people you owe money? Yeah, I don't. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody money. No. Anybody no, the only person who is missing me right now, pretty much, is my dog. So. Until she gets her own, until she gets her own Instagram account, then it doesn't matter. Here's well, here's what's wrong with comedians in New York: is every time I go and play a show, uh, I'll be gone for a month, and then I'll come back, and then they'll be like, "Oh, did you move to Missouri?" 
So people aren't even going to be looking for me to come back. They're just going to go, oh, yeah, Dan moved to South Africa. So visiting is moving. If you're gone for like for like more than 10 days, so you're mo- you're that's how fast New York is. If you're not at the shows mm-hmm. every week, they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, he quit comedy or he moved to Missouri. Mm-hmm. So that's tell me, I wanted to ask about the comedy scene. Yeah. How many clubs do you have in one city? In New York City, there are, well, it's tough. To, so the clubs, right? So uh, so if, w- if we create the standard is like g- the Goliath Comedy Club, mm-hmm. there's five of those. Okay. In New York City, and then, do they and then underneath that, there's what uh, there there's these other like sort of part time clubs mm-hmm. that that we that bars let us run shows at, and if it's the weekend, then we run a lot of shows. So the Goliath Club, mm-hmm. that thing, that is a Monday or a Sunday through. That's a seven day club. So and then the thing that Goliath does, which is weekends, then we have probably another ten of those that pe- that we just run on the weekends. And then below that, there's another 20 things that are just one-night shows. Some of them pay, some of them don't. So in New York, uh, with the right connections and the right resume, you can, pr- you can do easily 12 spots in a night if you really hustle. Ew. And you go back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Or it's no money. It could be either. It could just be like a lot of cabbing around and for no for nothing, but if you're in with the comedy cellar, which now has four rooms, you can just zigzag back and forth and do ten spots in a night. But do they pay like this more or less the same as what? It's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I know what I made at at the at the comedy club. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know. It sounds like you're on a completely different plane of. Because you were talking about some of the private gigs and some of the money that you're getting, and and, w- and you'll only do it for this. So I think you're above that plane of what it is. Uh, so I'm but about club gigs. But club money is about the same. Mm. Uh, once you once you adjust for conversion and everything, it's about the same. But if you get that, and you maybe do five or six yeah. clubs a night yeah. every single night yeah. of your life, oh yeah, then you d- that's money. You d- you're doing fine, yeah. But then in New York City, then you, the problem with New York City is however much money you make uh, at every level, even if you make, even if you only make $20,000, if you make $100,000, for some reason in New York City, you will find a way to spend all of your dollars. New York City makes you spend every dollar that you make. There's like no, sa- there's no savings accounts in New York City. You use it all. Because you, you look at your life and you go, well, I can afford that, so I do that. And then no money. Just a bunch of people walking around who make a lot of money and you spend all of it. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to put it. So, but do you get private gigs? Maybe wedding. There's something about w- so this is th- th- that was what was interesting to me is I've I've, ch- I've asked my friends to be able to MC their weddings and it's it's not a normal thing. So comedians, comedians do not play weddings in the U.S. Seriously, I'm sure it happens, but it's not a normal thing. And what about uh, in companies when they have? Yeah, yeah, corporate stuff, mm-hmm. corporate stuff. But it's see, but it's it's a much uh, it's a much thinner pack for corporate stuff. It seems like a lot of these guys here they get into the corporate stuff and it's good money, mm-hmm. but it's a thinner pack. So to be a corporate comedian in the U.S., you almost can't go on Saturday night and talk about circumcision because if you did that Saturday night, then they think that you can't do the clean stuff. You can't do the corporate stuff, which is suit and tie. Don't talk about sex. Don't talk about those things. You have to, you know, you have to keep it very, very clean for the corporate stuff. So if you even do the not clean stuff any day, then they just go, oh, well, he doesn't do the clean stuff. Sounds hectic. So it means a lot of comedians, they survive on 
doing their shows in theaters? Well, a lot of comedians in the U.S. basically survive on, they just pick the thing, right? So they do, the, so they'll do just the clubs, or they'll do just the road, or they'll do just the corporate, or they'll do just the cruises. It's very hard to be in all four things, or yeah. however many there are. It's hard, because, because there's so many people, and you have to distinguish yourself. You have to go, this is the thing I do, and that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of how it works. Well, we've said goodbye multiple times on this podcast. Yeah. Thank you to the <laughs> listeners. We do have to get back. Uh, please check out uh, South Africa Comedy. Please check out Noko. Oh, she's, uh, she's very great. And uh, thank you for being here. And this is my, one of my agents. <laughs> <laughs> so just even in this conversation, just calling for more work. Uh, I think it's a corporate gig, you know? The one we're talking about, yeah. Yes. Well, you call them, say goodbye to the people, and we'll work right out. <laughs> Money. <laughs> Money is calling. Money.